Star Wars 7x7 episode 1298. Today, we're doing more deep dives into the last Jedi Visual Dictionary, and the stuff that we're finding may have a bearing on Solo, a Star Wars story, as well as episode 9. Punch it, Chewie. Hi, I'm Brian J. Jones, author of George Lucas The Life, and you're listening to Star Wars 7x7, the only daily Star Wars podcast. Hey Rebel Rouser, welcome to Star Wars 7x7. I'm your host, Alan Voivod, and let's start out with the Solo A Star Wars Story connections here. So, I mentioned in the first podcast I did about the Last Jedi Visual Dictionary last week that there's a planet mentioned on the galactic map included in the Visual Dictionary that hasn't been mentioned before in other maps for, say, Complete Locations or The Force Awakens or Rogue One, and that's the planet Saverine. Saverine has been mentioned in the past in Legends, but really very little is known about it. It is reputed for having a great brandy that was once consumed by Mara Jade, apparently. And for those of you not up on Legends, Mara Jade was actually... The person who became Luke Skywalker's wife in the old legends, and they had a kid together named Ben, so there you go for that. And there's a lot more to Mara Jade's history, of course, but, you know, we're not going to go there. We're talking about Saverine here. And there's a later mention of Saverine in the book. It's in the section on Canto Bight, where they're talking about the types of games that are played on Canto Bight, the types of casino games. And ones like Sabak or Dejarik are considered not gentle beings games, you know, not sophisticated games. They're ones for, you know, people playing in spaceports, but not in sophisticated casinos like Canto Bite. So one of the games that's mentioned in this list of games played in Canto Bite is Saverine Wisp. And so now, of course, I'm on the lookout for where the next reference to Saverine is going to come from, because like the old saying says, once is an accident, twice is a coincidence, and three times is a conspiracy. So if we get it a third time, then we know that there's something being hidden in plain sight by Pablo Hidalgo and the folks at the Lucasfilm Story Group. And then I do want to mention, too, the fact that in the... Spread on Chewbacca, there's a note saying that they've been separated from the Falcon for years, quote-unquote. And, of course, you wonder how long that's actually been. You know it ends in The Force Awakens. And you know that he has the Falcon in Bloodline. So that takes place six years before The Force Awakens. So it can't be more than five years, I would say. I mean... We don't know at what point Leia and Han break up, but they're still together in Bloodline. So the news of Ben Solo falling to the dark side and becoming a minion of Snoke, that has not reached Han and Leia as of Bloodline. And so they aren't separated and Han hasn't gone back to his old way. So he hasn't had a chance to lose the ship. So I'd say the most that they've been separated from it is five years, roughly. Depends on how fast Han lost it and how long after Bloodline they separated. I'm willing to bet it's less than five years. All right. Well, let's just go with that. (laughs) All right. So something else I want to talk about related to episode nine has to do with the Canto Bite racetrack and those children that are employed 
employed, I guess is probably a very generous word, as stable hands. And they are described in the book as urchins who were abandoned by losing gamblers. And so there's a connection to Ray there in that regard, as she has been described as being somebody who was just abandoned by junk dealers for drinking money. And the veracity of that story, of course, eh, you know, still not necessarily 100% sold on it. But, you know, probably more right than wrong. Anyway, so these children, and particularly the one who exhibits force powers, that would be Tamiri Blag, that's his name. They are the kinds of kids that are essentially the new level of bringing the resistance back to fight the First Order. At least that's the implication that's sort of given to us by The Last Jedi and by Rose giving him the ring, the antique from the Galactic Civil War, according to the book, that was used to show support for the rebellion in the corridors of the Imperial Senate. Now, I'm going to go out on a limb and say that I don't think Lucasfilm is going to jump us ahead 10 years and have Tamiri be 20 and Ray be 30 and suddenly we have another Darth Vader on our hands. I don't think it's going to go that way. I would be surprised if Tamiri Blag ends up being a major factor in episode nine, but I have a feeling he is going to come back in some way. And speaking of people who could come back potentially, I don't know, I would certainly like to see Benicio Del Toro's character, DJ, make an appearance in episode nine. He was definitely very dynamic, but in a very unusual thing that plate that's stamped on this or the tin plate that has the don't join stamped on the side of his hat you know when you looked at the Funko Pop vinyl it was in Arabesh but when you actually look at it in the visual dictionary it looks like the letters are in a modified form of English and that's not really the case they are in fact in Arabesh but it's scrawled essentially like you know it took a lot of work to you know get the letters scrawled on that hat plate so it's not you know perfectly refined or anything like that but it's amazing how it just happens to be the case that those letters the o and the n and the i and the j and the t like really the letter d is the only one of those letters that doesn't bear a resemblance to its english language counterpart so it's just really strange to actually see that hat plate and see how much it looks like the english language it's just a weird coincidence because you look at just even a b c d and e none of those letters really look like their English language counterparts. So it's just wild that that expression don't join, that the majority of those letters in Arabesh really do resemble their English language counterparts. All right, I'm going to take a quick break. And then following up on yesterday's episode about romance in Star Wars, the corrections department wants to chime in on something here. So stay tuned. Hey, Rebel Rouser. If you haven't done so already, please consider leaving a review for Star Wars 7x7 on your favorite podcast app. Not just a star rating, although I will say we are personally very proud of our near-unanimous five-star rating on iTunes. No, I just mean a thoughtful sentence or two about what you like about the podcast, or how happy you are that it's part of your daily routine. And more reviews means better visibility, which means more people get to share in a daily dose of Star Wars joy, and you want that, don't you? Of course you do. So please leave a review on your favorite podcast app today. I thank you, and the Star Wars 7x7 podcast thanks you. Welcome back. 
All right, so in talking about all the different relationship pairing opportunities in The Force Awakens and The Last Jedi, as I was in yesterday's episode, there was one significant one that I left out of the discussion, that is Finn and Rose. And Oscar Isaac is having fun with this whole thing. He said at a Q&A for the British Academy of Film and Television stuff, he said, look, it was a little difficult to see my man kiss somebody else, but you know, you got to give up control. You've got to watch some stuff you don't want to watch sometimes. And I don't know how serious he is about this. I mean, I think he's just having fun with it and having fun with the fact that Lucasfilm has decided to keep it an open question, basically. But I don't know. It's just it's just more grist for the mill to say that we need romance in Star Wars and we need it to happen in Episode Nine. Hopefully we'll get some swashbuckling romance in Solo, a Star Wars story, but where we really need it is in the saga. So come on, JJ. Come on, Chris. Let's have it for Episode Nine. All right. That is going to do it for today's podcast. Thank you so much for listening, as always. And may the Force be with you wherever in the world you may be. Thanks for listening to another episode of Star Wars 7x7. And hey, before you challenge the Jedi Council, check out SW7x7.com for show notes, links, photos, videos, and more. And we'd be spectacularly grateful if you put a little something in the tip jar at Patreon.com SW7x7. It's not a test, it's Destiny Unleashed. This podcast is not endorsed or sponsored yet by Lucasfilm Limited, Disney, or 20th Century Fox, and is intended for entertainment and information purposes only. Star Wars, the Star Wars logo, all names and pictures of Star Wars characters, vehicles, and any other Star Wars-related items are registered trademarks and or copyrights of Lucasfilm Limited or their respective trademark and copyright holders. May the force be with them. All original content is copyright 2018, Star Wars 7x7. We hope you love it.